Hey guys, welcome back to the Talks Talks podcast, a podcast where we discuss topics surrounding business, relationships, and personal development. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. This is the last week of July. (laughs) I think that of all the months of the pandemic, July has been the one that has most been in a rush to get in and get out. (laughs) Like it went by so fast for me. And as we're entering into a new month, I just wanted to give you guys a quick reminder that this year is not a write-off. Just for context, there's 52 weeks in a year. As you all know, this is week 30. So that leaves us with 22 good weeks. And think about that just in terms of numbers. You know what, 22 weeks is, that's a really long time. I know we're on the tail end of the year, but at the same time, I don't want you guys to just get so discouraged by the fact that your big pictures maybe didn't come to pass the way you had expected because of Corona. I don't want that to be so discouraging that you no longer feel that you can do anything. There's always room for something. And I want you guys to take this new month that we're heading into August as just that, a chance to pivot, a chance to try again, a chance to look at things from a different perspective, maybe look at a smaller picture and see what you can accomplish. Nothing is ever wasted. It's just the fact that we are so married to our plans and how we think things should go that when they don't, we become discouraged, which is a realistic and appropriate emotion, but let's try not to get discouraged to a place of paralysis where we can no longer move or see the still viable and available options around us. What I learned this week is that delaying really does cause a loss of opportunities. I procrastinate. I <laughs> I know people probably don't think that, but oh, I'm a procrastination queen. I get nervous. I just I just push things to the back burner until they fall off and <laughs> never get done. And this week I saw firsthand why it's important to action your ideas at the first available opportunity. Um there was an opportunity that fell on my lap this past week and It was something that I could have done now or I could have done in the fall. And every single part of me wanted to do it in the fall, not because there was a valid reason. I just wanted to push it back because that's what I do. And for some reason I woke up and I'm like, no, we're doing this now. We're not wasting time. We're not procrastinating. And in doing that situation at this moment, I received so many opportunities that just confirmed that you need to move when they say move. And these opportunities would have not been there should I have taken this decision in October. They would not have been available. And just looking at that and seeing how it felt so right and how things just fell in line, it just got me thinking that we need to stop delaying because we don't know what we're missing out on. I only know because I decided to action it, but should I have delayed? I'm sure October or fall would have been great, but now doing it at the time that it was first available, I have seen everything I would have missed and that is just enough for me to know that we need to stop wasting time. I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were, I am an asset. 
And this is the confidence and the energy we need. These days, I really walk into every situation I'm in knowing that I have something to offer. In the capacity, I'm not sure. How much, I'm not sure. But one thing is for sure that I have something to offer. And that has been the changing factor in how I operate and in my confidence because knowing that you're an asset doesn't mean that you're going to shake the whole table. It might mean that you might impact one person. It might mean that one, the one sentence you say in a five day conference would be the one sentence that resonates with somebody and is the turning point. You have something to offer in whatever capacity and in whatever capacity you have it to offer is important and needed for the grand scheme of life and destiny for yourself or somebody else. And that is more than enough. So this week I'm going to be talking about post-traumatic growth. This is part two of my post-traumatic growth series. I think this is the last one to be honest, (laughs) but you never know something else might come up, but If you guys are past listeners, you'll know that January of this year, I had an episode called post-traumatic growth. And that episode was about everything condensed that I went through in 2019 that got me to where I am today. 2019, I'd say so far was the most transformative year in my life. A lot of change, a lot of pain, a lot of growth. And Until quite recently, I thought that the work was done. (laughs) I thought that I had been through traumatic experiences, pulled myself out of them, and became this new version of myself, and that was enough. I survived. I pushed past my emotions and my pain. I One of the things that I said and that I still believe is that I, my life had a lot of L's, so a lot of losses, and I had personally decided that I wasn't going to be a loss to myself, and that was the momentum that kicked me into high gear, and this was working fine for me until recently when I, when it occurred to me that maybe survivor or survival isn't the end goal, that there's another level after that, because usually when we talk, we say someone went from a victim a victim to a survivor or people share the sentiment that I didn't want to be a victim of my circumstances. I wanted to be a survivor. But then I realized that survival mode and being a survivor still has its faults in it and that there has to be another level. And that level is what I now know as the triumph level or triumphant level. So when I had recorded my podcast, post-traumatic growth, the first one, the first time I had heard that um, term was, or the only time actually was in Toby's song called Growth. And he said, I call this post-traumatic growth. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. That is, (laughs) that is a sentence. That is a statement that I believe in wholeheartedly. So up until recently, I didn't even know that post-traumatic growth is actually a psychological theory and that there are studies around post-traumatic growth and how people are able to transcend beyond a traumatic experience or time to actually grow just the same way, kind of in the same vein that 
PTSD exists. There's PTG, post-traumatic growth. So I started reading and studying about it, of course, because that's crazy. I didn't know it was a real thing. And for those of you who don't know, I'm also a psychology major. So these things really call out to my spirit being. So what really stuck out to me in my readings was the importance of not getting stuck in in survival mode. And survival mode is pretty much a mindset that we put ourselves into or we get ourselves into to ensure that we survive or make it through whatever trauma or difficult time we're facing. Survival mode can motivate us in all types of ways. It it can be emotions, it could be actions. It's pretty much whatever is beneficial to us for our task, which is surviving. So I'm sure you guys have heard of people being in very crazy or scary situations where they say, I just blacked out and did what I had to do, or adrenaline pushed me to do what I had to do. And this is survival mode. We don't necessarily even know we have these strengths in us until life pushes us, pushes us, pushes us English up against the wall (laughs) and forces us to have to make a move. It's either we succumb or we action in whatever way we can. And for the most part, our instincts is to want to survive. So fight or flight is the same thing, survival mode. If it's a situation where, you know, fighting's the only way out, your adrenaline rushes and you move and you do whatever it takes for you to make it another day, another moment to the other side. And in the same vein, flight is the same thing. If there's a danger and you know you don't need to fight it and the best thing to do is to run, you will find the energy to run for miles without stopping or getting tired. You won't even realize that your body is doing what it's doing. And this is just what we do, right? But what I've learned through my studies and through my personal experience is that the ultimate goal though is to get to a place of normalcy. Survival mode isn't normal. It's, it's, mom- it's a momentary feeling that we activate to get us to, to a place of safety, right? So that's why survival mode isn't, or survival isn't necessarily the end goal. Normalcy is who we were post-trauma. So whatever our emotional state was. And of course, when you go through trauma, and when I say trauma, I'm using it very widespread. Yes, trauma is going to war and seeing the effects of war, but trauma is also heartbreak. It's any type of loss, it's death, it's unexpected sickness, anything that puts you in an emotional emotionally strenuous place is what I'm calling trauma. So I don't want people to think that it's just the big grandiose things because each of us are individuals and something that may affect me and knock me on my feet, somebody else may experience the same thing and not even be shaken by it, right? So we're not comparing our traumas based on a hierarchy of what is societally appropriate or considered difficult. I'm just saying anything that really takes a toll on you and gives you a difficult time. So when we go through these traumas, yes, we're never going to be exactly the same as who we were before the trauma, but there comes a point where we need to exit survival mode and get into that triumphant phase to understand and flourish in our new normal. So I'm just going to give you guys four reasons to let you understand the importance of getting to this triumphant phase. And this, these are reasons that I've come up with that I've read and that I've 
began to understand through my own experience because I was flourishing in survival mode and (laughs) not realizing that it's not where I needed to be. And up until recently, as I said, in my studies and discussing with people is when I realized that I need to move into triumph, into the triumphant phase. And that's why I was having difficulties because I was realizing that I couldn't really do survival mode or wasn't satisfying me in the way that it used to. So the first reason why the triumphant phase is important is because survival mode isn't always sustainable. And this is, (laughs) this is just the truth. Um, As I said, survival mode is a mindset we put ourselves into to ensure that we survive or make it through whatever traumatic or difficult situations that we're facing. So when we are in survival mode, some the motivations that push us to survive are often based on very extreme emotions, right? So just like I said, blacking out because you need to do whatever it takes to survive. These emotions long-term are not sustainable. I'm just going to stick with blacking out because that's the one I think really stands out to me or, or let's go with numbness, right? So many of us, I'm sure we've been in situations where we hear some difficult news or we go through something very traumatic. And since I'd say one of the easiest examples to come up with is the fact that you go through something difficult on the weekend and on Monday you need to be at work. (laughs) How do you do that? You can't quit your job. You have a life to live. So what you do is you go numb, right? You wake up and you say, I feel like crap, but I have responsibility. So I'm going to cope in this way by not, by putting these emotions so deep down that they no longer affect me or they don't exist in that capacity so that I can do whatever I need to do. So that numbness now is part of your survival mode. Another one that I can think of that I think I operate in when I'm in my survival mode is pettiness, ego, and spite. (laughs) Um, I'm being honest and candid with you guys here because I'm sure a lot of us do this. Um, If you're in a breakup or a situation where somebody writes you off, you get to this place where it's like, oh, you thought I couldn't do it just for that. I'm going to do it so I can stunt on you. And (laughs) that is survival mode, right? Where you push and you, you want to, you have this aim or this target that is so important to you that you're so hell bent on that it blinds you to all the difficulties and you get that laser focus just to be able to make this objective. And that sounds good. Ego and stunting <laughs> is, is in the moment, it sounds amazing, right? Because it's like, yep, you thought I wasn't good enough. I'm going to stunt on you so you can know that I was good enough and so that you can know that this was your loss. But what happens if you stunt on that person or you think you're stunting on that person and they don't pay attention and they don't care? Or even worse, what happens if in the midst of your stunting, they get progress in their life (laughs) that is stronger, better, and more impactful than what you're doing. What happens is that the emotions that you're feeling that have been motivating you, which is survival mode, crash and burn because what you were trying to do can no longer be done 
because that opportunity isn't available. So the momentum and the motivation that you had based on survival mode is now, no, it, it's faulty and it's dormant because there's no way I can stunt on this person because they beat me to it, right? So that's why it's not always sustainable because what we're operating in is not healthy and it's not our normal way of operating. As I said, we're trying to get back to a place of normalcy or new normal. So operating or staying in survival mode isn't your normal because you didn't, you, on average, you don't operate in pettiness. You don't operate in spite. You don't operate in, um, emotional dormancy. You, you feel you move, right? So it's important to get to the triumphant stage because if your survival mode instincts are just knocked off their feet for whatever reason, you're going to find yourself feeling like a victim or you're going to find yourself extremely confused. And this is just the truth of it. I've experienced this personally and I've just learned that pettiness and spite are just not, not the best way for me to go forward. Maybe for a moment, there was a season where I was so sad and I was so down. And maybe in that season I needed to, to boost myself up by saying you're popping and whoever doesn't think you are, we're going to show them. And that worked for that season. But when we get to plateau, which is like normal life, you know, let's say we're just looking at a graph, really sad moments are steep downturns, really happy moments are upturns. But most of our life, if you were to just put a line of best fit through that graph, it'll probably be kind of straight. So that's where we operate, right? So in order to continue to operate in those ego and emotions, we'll be putting ourselves in extremes, whereas most of our life is actually lived in the middle, as I have discussed in previous episodes. The second reason why it's important to enter into the triumphant phase is that wrapping your identity in trauma stunts your healing. And being a survivor is amazing. Like that is the goal. Like it's whatever we go through, the difficult situations we go through, we want to survive. You know, we want to become survivors of those situations. But when we are in survival, survival mode constantly, what happens is that we, our identity gets tied to that trauma. Because if somebody asks you, why, what, why are you doing this? What are you doing it for? You'll say, because this person did this to me and I have to show that it's their loss or somebody didn't believe in me and I need to let them know, or I went through this horrible experience and I need to be better than that experience forever. These are facts and this is absolutely true. And when you go through trauma, this is going to be the case forever because you will always remember the catalyst that propelled you, especially with post-traumatic growth. You'll always be able to look back and say, this was the situation or this was the moment that got me, that pushed me to get to where I am, right? But when we surround ourselves in that trauma, and we stay in survival mode, what it does is that it blocks us from being able to truly heal because we've connected our identity to that trauma. Whereas the trauma can just be a part of our story. And that's what triumphant mode does. Um, tr the triumphant phase does for you. It allows the trauma to be a part of your story, but you're not stuck there. When you think that this is what I am the way I am because of what I've been through 
and you stay in that space, you're never going to be able to heal. Because as I said, there are certain triggers that keep us activated in survival mode. So you have to constantly remember that that person doubted you and that's why you got to show them up and that's why you got to be great. So which means that your greatness is attached to the anger that is attached to the pain that that person caused you. So as long as you stay in survival mode, you're going to need to continue to reactivate that pain because that pain is what's activating your drive. And in triumphant mode, you get to that place of normalcy where you find other things to connect your drive to and your motivation to. So if we're discussing trauma here and your identity connected to your trauma, you'll, you, this is not to say you're not going to do great things or you're not going to be able to achieve, but you're going to constantly need to piss yourself off or hurt yourself or keep yourself in that place of hurt, which really hinders healing. And the part, Post-traumatic growth is a positive experience. It's meant to, the end goal of it is to grow and growing includes healing, right? And you're not going to be able to heal if you constantly have to make yourself hurt to remember in order to continue to produce at the level that you, that you want to produce. So it's about finding new ways. So your identity, identity needs to be connected to your purpose to your love of what you're doing, even though for that season, pettiness, ego, suppression were the things you need to get out of that. And that's what triumphant phase is. The third reason why it's important to enter into the triumphant phase is because it enables you to be reflective and to heal. And as I said in two seconds ago, um, survival mode stunts your healing. But reflection is actually very, very important. And when you're in survival mode, you cannot reflect because this is fight or flight. This is instinct. This is adrenaline. This is push, push, push. And the inability to reflect means that you're suppressing a lot of your emotions. And in suppressing your emotions, we sometimes put things under the rug and act like because we don't see them or they're not a mess, they don't exist. But the thing is that should somebody lift that rug, should a trigger happen, you're going to realize that all of these emotions that you've been ignoring have been festering and bubbling up. And when they, when they come at you quick, when they come at you hard and heavy, you will not be able to control them. And that alone is going to be so overwhelming. And I feel like that in itself is, is a way for you to actually backslide because you've been ignoring these feelings so much by being in this fight or flight adrenaline based state that you're not even acknowledging that they exist. So you've gotten to a place where you're kind of fooling yourself into feeling that you're okay and that these emotions are not affecting you, right? So because of that, you haven't even learned how to cope with dealing with them. You know, for me now, I know certain things trigger me. And when they trigger me, I know how to cope with them because I've reflected on how they make me feel and I've come to an understanding of how to deal with them. Should it be deleting people on social media? Should it be walking away? Should it be taking a day to myself and just staying in my room. I've learned my coping mechanisms because I've acknowledged and reflected how these things make me feel and I've worked on the process of healing. So that is the importance of being in the triumphant phase because you get to do these things. Unfortunately, 
many of us want to just ignore and think that if I don't deal with it, it'll eventually go away. But as I said, what happens in those situations is that they do not go away. And the day that they do all come up rushing at you, you have not developed any skills to deal with them, which makes them overwhelm you so much more. And for some people, this overwhelming nature can cause them to be depressed it can cause them to be very hurt. It can cause them to lash out at the people around them. It can cause them to isolate themselves. And all of these are not, are not beneficial. And also they're situations that can be curbed by entering into the triumphant phase. And I'm telling you guys about this triumphant phase because I just learned about it and I didn't even realize how important it was. And I didn't even understand why certain situations would trigger me in the ways they did because I would think, well, I'm doing great. I've moved past these emotions. But in fact, I was still, I hadn't actually reflected on them. I was just chilling in survival mode. And because I was finding success and happiness in other ways, I didn't think it was important to come back and really deal with these situations so that they can't come and say hello to me in my future where I'm doing good. And then I find myself feeling like I've backslidden 10 miles and ended up where I started. Right. And the fourth and final reason why it's important to enter into the triumphant phase is because it enables you to get to the new normal you. And this is the goal. As I said, we need to get to a place of normalcy and that takes a lot of work and reflection. We don't want to be in a place where our hurts control us, where our fears control us, where anxiety about the past situations that we haven't really dealt with control us. Even if these are controlling us and pushing us into quote unquote greatness, there's a sense of peace that comes along with being at equilibrium. And equilibrium is not permanent. There will be more ups and downs, but the fact that we've gotten back to that place. Yes, you went through something traumatic. At one point, you were victimized, and now you're a survivor. And you've been a survivor, and you've done whatever it took. And hats off to all of us and all of you guys who are able to take a difficult situation and as I will cornily say, (laughs) make lemonade out of lemons, right? It's amazing. It takes a lot and not everybody gets there. So first of all, hats off to you. And because you've done that work and because you were able to be in a tough situation and pull yourself out of it, that is why I'm confident that we already have the skills required to get yourself to the new normal. And the thing with our skills is that we don't, when we use a certain skill or a strength of ours in a certain situation or part of our lives we don't understand the fact that that exact skill is transferable in a whole new different way so let me think of a quick example off the top of my head um let's say somebody in your life is going through a difficult moment and you're able to put your stuff to the side to focus on them and help them get through it right that same emotion or that same strength that you use to be able to decide this is the most important thing and I'm able to put everything to the side for a moment to focus on that important thing, the way you used it for somebody else, you can use that for yourself. So as I said, I like to procrastinate, right? And (laughs) it's one of those things that I do a lot. But when somebody tells me they need me, I do not procrastinate on that. 
I take whatever I'm doing, I reorganize it, put it to the side, and I help that person in whatever way they need their help. So then when I'm looking at my life now and I'm like, something's important, but I have this procrastination gene in me, I don't even take a chance to look and say, no, you don't have that procrastination gene in you because when person A needed you, you were able to drop everything. And the same way you were able to drop everything to do what was important for them, you have the ability to do that for yourself. But we don't see that sometimes because we think that our strengths, we look at them in the bubble that we've used them in, not understanding that they can be used in many different ways. And getting to a triumphant phase is being aware of this. I survived something that was huge, monumental, life-altering to me. You survived something that was huge, monumental, monumental, and life-altering to you. It takes a lot to do that. And it takes a lot of skills and strength to do that. And you, and the fact that you were able to do that means that you are now able to move into your triumphant stage. The same skills you used in survival mode, the way you were able to focus, the way you were able to take a motivation and use it to blind you to everything else to get you to where you want it to be. That motivation might've been ego at the point of your survival mode, or it might've been anger. It could have been pettiness. It could have been fear. The same way you were able to take an emotion, double down, hone it in and go laser vision to get to where you need to be is the same way you can use other emotions, joy, impact, happiness, faith, love, to focus, hone down, and get to where you want to be. These emotions are more sustainable. They're more positive and they are solution-driven. They're not, they're not fear-driven or negativity-driven, right? So this is what's very important to you guys. And I hope that me discussing this with you has given you a chance to maybe look at your life and see the ways you're moving in survival mode. And survival mode has us running, running, running. Another example would be, Maybe being in a very financially difficult place where you almost lost your home and you almost got evicted, or you were in a situation where you were so scared because you were alone and you felt all the pressure on yourself, right? And then you make it through that and now you're flourishing. You're financially stable. You're happy. You're in a secure relationship. Maybe it's time for you to stop taking seven days of work a week because you're not in that place anymore. You don't need to work three jobs to survive because now you're past the survival mode. You're in a place where you can relax. But if you continue to operate in survival mode longer than you need to, you're going to find yourself becoming very exhausted and unmotivated. Imagine not needing to work more than four days a week, but continuing to work seven day a week, 12 hour shifts for three, four years. You guys know the toll that would take on your body. So emotionally, when we stay in that survivor mode and we don't get to triumphant phase, we're overworking our body, overworking our nerves, overworking our anxiety, overworking our emotions for no reason. We're putting in unnecessary overtime that is taking a toll on us. And it's important for us, for our mental health and for the positivity of the people around us and for ourselves that we don't stay in these places because we're going to wear people down. We're going to wear ourselves down. We're not even going to be able to enjoy the situations we're in. Um, I knew of somebody who was in a relationship and prior to that, they had been 
their ex relationship was one where it was very difficult for them. And the person decided they didn't want to be with them. And in that relation, in their new relationship, instead of focusing on the happiness and the joy and the, and the commitment and peace that they found, they were still constantly looking back at the other person, seeing what they were doing and trying to compete, trying to constantly be like, Oh, he's happy. He's moved on. Let me show that I'm happy. I've moved on. He he's in love. Now let me show that I'm in love. And what ultimately happened was that the new person they were with couldn't handle it. They were like, I think you care about me, but you're more focused on wanting up your ex that I feel like I'm just here as a prop to, to show that you're better, even though you're not. And the person, she really loved that man, but she couldn't get past her survival mode instincts to get into normalcy, to actually be able to be motivated in her relationship by the love that was there. She was too stuck in the past. And because of that, she almost lost an amazing person in her life. So that's just another example of why we need to get to this triumphant phase and why this whole post-traumatic growth system and concept really ends there. It doesn't end in survival mode. So I really hope this helps you guys and gives you guys perspective. This is, this episode is a little longer than the rest, but it's something that I thought was really important to talk about and something that is very near and dear to my heart. But with that, I'm going to get right into the words to live by for this week, which are emotions can be paradoxical. I'll repeat that one more time. Emotions can be paradoxical. And this is the words to live by for this week because in discussing post-traumatic growth and studying it, one thing that I saw and noticed is that there's often a guilt associated with growth, especially growth from trauma, growth from loss, because we feel as if us being happy about where we are now means that we are happy about the traumatic experience that pushed us to be there. But Emotions can be paradoxical, which means there is a paradox involved and a contradiction in our emotions. So an example, I'll use mine, is the loss of my father. That was tragic. It was very traumatic to me and something that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And a part of me felt guilty for the fact that I was able to grow and move on to and get something or get a life that made me very happy at the end of such a difficult experience. And it's a situation where you almost don't want to talk too much about the happiness you're experiencing because you feel as though people would look at you and say, oh, so you're happy about the loss because you're so happy about what you've gotten at the end that it seems like you're grateful for the fact that that loss happened. But that's not the case. We can be happy about the growth we've experienced while simultaneously being sad and hurt about the loss that got us there. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're wishing that negativity. Of course, if I could go back and have my father, I would pick that every single day forever. But this is the situation I'm in. And through that trauma, I was able to grow. And I thank God for the ability to be able to grow and the ability to be able to take a tragic situation and make something good out of it. And being able to 
bask in the happiness and joy of the fact that you will be able to move on from something traumatic doesn't mean that you're grateful for the trauma that took place itself. And that's what I want you guys to take away and really meditate on this past week. Sometimes we will go through things that are horrible. And after that horrible situation, you will be in a situation that is happy, a place that you maybe may have never gotten to or a place that you wouldn't have gotten to so quickly should it not have been for the survival mode that you entered after that traumatic experience. That doesn't mean that you're happy about the trauma and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate your goal, your accomplishments. So whatever way that you guys are looking at and you're feeling guilty about being happy for where you are, don't feel guilty. Thank God that you were able to make it through a difficult time because at the end of the day, we cannot change the past. What we can do is make sure that our present and our future is at its best level and that we're doing what's best for ourselves now. So look at your lives, see wherever you're feeling guilty. And I just want you guys to try and rid yourself of that guilt and get yourself to that place of triumph, reflect and heal. And that's what the healing does for you, right? It gets you to that place where you can talk about the sadness or acknowledge the fact that something horrible happened. And when I say something horrible, I'm not just saying things that happened to us. I'm also saying traumas that we inflict on ourselves because it doesn't matter if someone did it to you or if you did it to yourself, whoever's at blame, it is the past. What are we doing now? And that's what's important, right? So I thank you guys so much for listening. If you love this episode and like any of my episodes, please share. I'm posting on Instagram. I post sound bites. I'd love it if you guys would share, tell your friends about this podcast, leave a rating and subscribe. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.